It's an interesting exercise to think about, isn't it? To look at our calendar in sort of a daily or, you know, weekly or monthly or whatever. To look at our calendar and to ask ourselves the question of how the things that we do every day shape us. Because at, at some level, that's not our usual way of thinking about things. Usually our way of thinking about things is that we are most profoundly shaped not by the things that we do every day, but by the extraordinary things. The, the wild, we're, we're shaped by going away to school. We're shaped by, you know, going to travel to find ourselves. We're shaped by the relationships that we find ourselves in, or we're shaped by the relationships that we lose along the way. We're shaped by um, traumatic life events that we will never forget for the rest of our lives, we often fall into this way of thinking that it's the big dramatic things that are the ultimate shaping factor of life. But what if it is true that we are actually, as much as those things are obviously big shaping elements, what if it's true that we are as much shaped by the mundane things that we do every single day um, as we are by the big profound things that you will remember for the rest of your life. My uh, mentor once asked me the question, he said, which um, meal that your mother used to make was the one that made you healthy? Of course, there's no way to answer that question. There, You can say which meal you remembered, either maybe for how great it was or maybe it didn't turn out quite the way she hoped. Uh, you, can, you can remember your favorites. You can remember the ones that got, were a part of the regular rotation, but it was actually just the steady diet of eating. That's how our health is established. And what if something like that is true with our life of faith as well? We've been talking in this series now, this is the fifth and final week, we've been talking about the essential fundamental building blocks of what it looks like to live a life of faith. And in effect, we've been talking about some of the big ish kinds of momentous things that happen in a person's life of faith. We've been talking about how a life of faith begins with a life of seeking, a posture of looking to discover and experience the loving presence of God in your life. And that a life devoted to seeking, to looking for God, can culminate in a life of believing. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, it's going to be because you have come to a place where you believe what the scriptures teach about Jesus Christ. Say, so yes, I'm committed to the message of the Bible. And uh, then we said that that act of believing culminates in a profession of faith that um, is specifically in the baptism tank, is what we talked about two weeks ago, that we give this whole body act of, it, of declaring our commitment to Jesus Christ and that the baptism is how we enter into the life of the community of faith, participating relationally in love, participating with each other in loving each other and loving the world as to be the presence of Jesus in the world. And it's these sort of these big basic building blocks 
along the way, but there's this, there's this kind of lingering question I imagine for some people as we've gone through the series, which is to say, okay, life of seeking, check. I, I was there, I did that. Life of believing, check. Yeah, I believe all the things that we talk about, but Jesus' life of commitment through baptism, check. I've been baptized. Um, participating in the life of the church, check. I am doing that. Um, so, so now what? Right? This question used to plague me when I was a teenager. Um, I, the conception I had of a life of faith back then was that you put your faith in Jesus and get baptized so that you, you know, go to heaven when you die. And the question I used to wrestle with in the meantime was, so what happens between my baptism and my funeral? Right? So you have your life of seeking that results in believing. You get baptized and you, you become a part of the church. And then one day you die and go to be with Jesus. And what do you do with this really long, ambiguous space of life in the middle? Like, what does it mean to live every day in the dailiness, the mundaneness of a life of faith? And that's what we want to talk about this morning. For the person who's seeked who has been a seeking person and a believing person and a baptized person and a participating in the life of the church. What now? What does it mean to live a life of faith? And in um, Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6, I think we have a clue. This is what it says. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. In the passage, Paul sets up this sort of comparison between the way that we receive Christ and then what it means to go on from there. And he says, in the same way that you receive Christ, so continue to live your life, lives in him. Um, in, the, in the Greek pa um, in passage in which this was translated from, the, the phrase continue to live your lives literally is the Greek uh, phrase keep walking. Just keep walking in the same way you receive Christ. Now just keep walking in him. There's this sort of ongoing nature to how we live this out. And the picture of what it looks like to live out a life of faith is walking. At some level, walking is a very uh, basic activity, right? We, we learn to do it when we're one, and we never think about it ever again after that. It's just one foot in front of the other. That's what it means to walk. You do the same thing over and over again. One foot goes in front of the other, and then you put the one foot in front of the other, and that's all there is to walking. And it consumes an extraordinary amount of our lives. And I now have a watch that tells me how many steps I take every single day. And to go with the watch, I have a wife who tells me how many more steps she takes every single day, right? Our days are filled with walking, and especially in the ancient world, that was literally, for most people, the only mode of transportation they have. So the act of walking was simply doing this one thing over and over again, just repeating this very unremarkable small action, and this is how you got somewhere you had never been before. That if you just keep doing that, putting one foot in front of the other in time, what you will discover is that you have gotten from here to there. And the Apostle Paul says that that's how it is with a life of faith. 
That a life of faith is not necessarily filled with remarkable things. It is the faithful, persistent action of doing something small and mundane over and over and over and over again. And if you continue to do that, Paul says, you will get from here to there. He says, you will be rooted in Jesus. Obviously, Paul's image is the image of a tree. I was talking to a friend of mine this week who showed me this picture of their family on vacation um, in California. They had decided while they were away to take a picture of their family doing the sort of, um, you know, tree hugger pose around a square. I have the picture for you, actually. I can just show it to you. There they are. Five um, individuals, most of them of a reasonable size, touching arms, doing their best to try and wrap themselves around this giant sequoia and literally only making it halfway, right? That's how enormous these trees are. This is the image that Paul has in mind when he talks about being rooted. He's thinking about the image of a tree. He says, if you keep on walking with Christ, doing the same things over and over and over again in the daily faithfulness of just keep on walking, he says, what you will discover over time is that you become rooted in Christ. The roots are the place where the tree is anchored. It's the place where the tree gets fed. It's where the nourishment comes from. You will find yourself deeply planted in the life of Jesus. And not only will you be rooted, you know, growing down, you will, he says, you'll be built up. You will grow up to the sky. These giant sequoias are literally the largest living thing on the planet. Some of them are 300, 400 feet tall. It says, if you just keep walking in the faithfulness of every day, keep on walking out your faith with Jesus, you will, can actually grow to become the most substantial and significant version of the person you were created to be. It says, if you just keep walking, not only you'll be rooted down and grow up, he says, you'll be strengthened. Kevin shared me, um, who took the picture, Kevin shared an interesting fact about sequoias. He said, you know, for a, a tree of that size, you would imagine they would have to have a very deep root system to keep them secure. And he says, in fact, that's not true. Sequoias have a very shallow root system that's spread out sideways. But the interesting thing about sequoia roots is that as it spreads out sideways, they get entangled with the roots of the sequoia tree next and next there and on that side and on that side until eventually like the root system beneath a grove of sequoia trees is simply one massive tangled web of roots through which all of these sequoias together feed each other and anchor each other so that they can keep each other strong in the face of the elements that come at them in life. Paul says, you, if you commit that in the same way that you receive Christ, you continue to walk out this faith in him, you will find yourself rooted, fed, anchored in Jesus. You will find yourself growing into the likeness of Jesus. You will find yourself strengthened in connection with the entire community, strengthened to withstand whatever life is going to throw at you because of your faith in Jesus. And Paul says all that requires is that you keep walking. You keep one foot in front of the other. You keep doing the very same things you did in order to become a person of faith. Which are the very things that we've been talking about through this entire series. 
You want to learn to walk out one step at a time this faith in Jesus Christ that roots you and grows you and strengthens you in your faith in Jesus. You have to keep on walking out a life of seeking Jesus. In the first week, Jeff Martins had used as a metaphor for seeking the presence of God in our lives, uh, playing hide and seek with his kids. Uh, which is a beautiful metaphor. You know they're around and you're simply just trying to see if you can discern where they are in the environment that you find yourself. If there's a weakness to the metaphor, the weakness is that when you're playing a game of hide and seek, once you find your kids, you stop seeking. The seeking is over. And I think what the Apostle Paul would say is that a life of seeking is never over. Because God's presence continued to pervade every single part of our life. In Acts uh, chapter 17, Uh, This is what it says, that in God, we live and move and have our being. That the the loving presence of Jesus is literally the ethos. It's literally the environment. It is the space in which we move. That God's presence surrounds us and supports us and holds us and sustains us. It's why we have life. It's how we're able to move. It's what makes us who we are is the ongoing presence of God all around us. And so if you know, becoming to a life of faith begins with a posture of seeking the presence of God, then Being rooted and growing and strengthened a life of faith means continuing to walk out a life of prayerfully uh, becoming aware of the loving presence of God in everything we do and in everywhere we go and in everything we experience. Continually asking ourselves, where do I see Jesus in my work? Or where do I see Jesus when I'm at home? How can I encounter the loving presence of God in my leisure time or in my school time? How do I encounter the presence of God when I'm in nature or when I'm in the city? How do I encounter the presence of God in the people that God has brought around me? How do I encounter the presence of God in my life? It's this prayerful posture of continually asking yourself the question, where is Jesus right now in this exact moment And how can I connect to his loving presence right now in this moment? And learning to do that um, just over and over and over again. Keep on walking out a life of seeking Jesus. If you wanted to be rooted in Jesus and grow in Jesus, be strengthened in your faith in Jesus, Paul would say you have to keep on walking out a life of believing Jesus. I had uh, a few weeks ago talked about the Apostles' Creed, which for almost 2,000 years has been sort of the core summary of the message of the entire Bible. It's the uh, outline of the story of God's love for humanity that God lives out through Jesus Christ. It is, in a sense, it's like the video movie review with spoilers about how the story between God and humanity goes because of Jesus. And we said at the time, that represents kind of the cliff notes. It represents the essentials of what you need to know. But here's the thing, that is not the whole story. Those beliefs that we ascribe to when we come to believe, have faith and commit our lives and trust to Jesus, that's not the entire story. This book is is deep and 
big and mysterious. And we have an entire lifetime to explore its pages and to be shaped by everything that it teaches. I mean, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 16, it says this, for all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What the Bible says is that every word of every page in this book is filled with the breath and the life of God. And every um, word on every page is waiting to breathe the life of God by the power of the Holy Spirit into your life. To shape the way you think and the way you see the world so that we see the world through more Jesus-y lenses. To, to shape our souls in the way that we carry ourselves in the world so we carry ourselves in a more Jesus-y way. Um, and as much as a, being rooted and growing and strengthened in our faith in Jesus involves walking out a life of seeking Jesus and, and you know, prayerfully looking for the presence of God, it's, it's a life of believing, of knowing Jesus through his word, of thoughtfully engaging with the page of scriptures, reading it frequently, studying it periodically, listening to sermons like right now, hopefully what is happening among us is that God's life is flowing through his words that have nothing to do with me. Um, listening to podcasts, reading books, spending a lifetime exploring the mystery of the truth about Jesus. But if we're going to be rooted and grow and strengthened in our faith in Jesus, it's going to be because we are committed to a life of seeking Jesus, a life of knowing Jesus. Thirdly, a life of living like Jesus. Uh, Jeff had said a couple weeks ago that the act of baptism, when we make that commitment, um, it's kind of like the act of getting engaged or the act of getting married, that you're making a public profession that changes your entire reality. And that is fundamentally true. But if you think about it, when two people stand at the altar together and say, I do to each other, that is not the end of their story. That's actually the very beginning. Of, I mean, it's the end of their engagement, but it is the very beginning of a lifelong story of learning to be and to live as the spouses that they promised in that moment to each other that they would be. And that is a never-ending journey that takes an entire life to figure out what that looks like. And that is exactly true of the life of faith. When you get into the baptism tank and you come up out of the water, that is not the end of your story of your commitment to Jesus. That is just the beginning of a lifelong journey of you figuring out what it looks like to now be the follower of Jesus that you've become. In, in John chapter 12, verse 50 uh, Jesus says this. He says, I know that God's command leads to eternal life. God's command leads to eternal life, which Jesus says elsewhere, eternal life is abundant, full, overflowing life, more life than you could possibly imagine, one translation says. 
And Jesus is the pathway to that fullness, that abundance, the overflow of real life is a life of faithfulness to God's command. The life that is continually committed to increasing ways, figuring out with the Holy Spirit's help who lives in you, how to live like Jesus. A life of faith is a life of seeking Jesus, of knowing Jesus, of living like Jesus. Finally, it's a life of loving like Jesus. In the very next chapter, Jesus tells us what that command is. God's command is eternal life. Here's what that command is. John 13, 34, it says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, in the same way that I love you, that I came to you, I became a part of you, I became like you, I joined you, I lived in solidarity with you, and then I gave up everything I had for you. I gave up my life so that you could have life. Jesus says, that's how I've loved you. Now you go love each other like that. And that's what it means to participate in the community of faith, is to press ever deeper into what it means to love each other like family like siblings, who because of our big brother Jesus, by the Holy Spirit in us, have been adopted by our heavenly Father, who is the source of all of our life. So how do we be family together in ways that families be family together when families are being family the way they're supposed to be family? To accept each other no matter what, to embrace each other uh, regardless of the differences, to be authentically uh, and lovingly speaking truth into each other's lives about ourselves and each other and about God and the world and life and just to be family. And not just to be family with each other, but to cooperate and collaborate with each other to together in cooperation love not only each other, but the entire world, to be the loving presence of Jesus for the world. I think Paul would say, this is, we just, this is what we keep walking out every single day, step after step, that if you want to be rooted more deeply in Jesus, if you want to grow more significantly in Jesus, if you want to be strengthened more robustly in Jesus, then you have to commit yourself every moment of every day to a life of seeking Jesus and knowing Jesus and living like Jesus with the Spirit's help and loving like Jesus with the Spirit's help. And just being committed to doing that over and over and over again. Just to walk that. That's how we walk. That's, those are the steps. One foot in front of the other. Day after day after day. Doing the same things over and over again. Seeking Jesus. Knowing Jesus. Living like Jesus. Loving Jesus. Now, some of us don't like that. Um, I think the temptation for most of us is to wish that a life of faith was actually something else. To wish that a life of faith actually involved those big, huge, significant, right, experiences that you'll never forget. That that's a genuine life of faith. Or just to see this enormous, undeniable growth in your character and your love. That's what the life, or to accomplish these amazing things for God to, to live out the dream that God has put in your heart. And those things are all wonderful if you experience them. But they're not the heart 
of a life of faith any more than a family vacation is the heart of what it means to be a family together. I would say the life of faith isn't those spectacular, memorable moments. It's actually the dailiness of just faithfulness to every day. Get up and say, today I'm going to seek Jesus. I'm going to know Jesus. I'm going to live like Jesus. I'm going to love like Jesus. So help me, Holy Spirit. Next day, today I'm going to seek Jesus. I'm going to know Jesus. I'm going to live like Jesus. I'm going to love like Jesus. So help me, Holy Spirit. And on and on. And Paul, I think, would say, if we can just keep walking, Just keep walking. You will be amazed to see where you go. Now, I think for some of us, that's actually the frustration. I've been doing this. I've been trying to walk this out. And I don't see me going anywhere. I'm not entirely sure that it's working for me. And I'm thankful I'm thankful for every person who has made that sort of rhythm of walking out their daily life, their, their focus and their goal. But let me, let me share something with you. Um, just because you can't see it or just because you're not sure it's working doesn't mean it's not real. Right? The truth of the matter is that each one of us is actually the very worst person to gauge our own spiritual maturity or growth or progress or whatever or impact what God is doing through us. We are the worst people to assess that for ourselves. Right? The Bible says the heart is deceitful. Your heart will lie to you every moment of every day if it's given the chance. Sometimes your heart will lie to you and tell you that you are more mature in your faith than you really are. Sometimes your heart will lie to you and it'll tell you that you're way less mature in your faith than you really are. We are terrible gauges of what God is doing in our lives and what God is doing in other people's lives through our lives, which is why we need each other to speak the truth in love to each other about what we see in each other, to say, I don't know if you know this, but I see Jesus in you, and here's how. Because, friends, I'm telling you, if you commit your life to a life of walking out, you know, seeking Jesus, knowing Jesus, living like Jesus, loving like Jesus, day after day after day, I promise you, God is taking you somewhere. Now, I think for some of us, The temptation is actually of the opposite kind. We wish it were something different because we don't think we need this anymore. Um, You know, you've been tracking with the series. You're literally the person that says, yeah, seeking Jesus, check. Uh, Believe in Jesus, check. Baptism, check. Being a part of church, check. Okay, so now I'm done with the faith stuff. I've checked all the boxes and now I can go on and focus on something else. Krista and I have been uh, working out in the last little while. We've been doing this program called uh, the 80-Day Obsession. And uh, we're on like day 46 or 47 or 48 or somewhere in the high, somewhere nowhere close to 80 is the, is the reality of where we are. And so I, she has this number on the back wall, the 80-Day Obsession. I keep looking at that 80 and I think if I can just get to 80 and this woman who's leading the workout video, she's so annoying because she keeps saying, 80 is not the goal. When you arrive at 80, you're not done. She says, when you get to 80, you've only begun a lifetime of trying to live healthier than you were before. Faith is not a destination. It is a lifelong journey, which I think is why the Apostle Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says, for physical training is of some value. So go and, you know, work out. 
But godliness, spiritual training, has value for all things, holding promise for both this present life and the life to come. The more important thing by far than to be committed to our workout programs is to be committed to the daily life of walking out a life of seeking Jesus, knowing Jesus, living like Jesus, and loving like Jesus, because that has payoffs both in our lives in this life and in the life to come. Now, for some of us, I think the temptation is to want faith to be something else. Not because we, we feel like we don't need it, but because we feel like we don't want it. You know, to stick with the exercise metaphor, um, <laughs> you're, you're spiritually, you're jogging, but just enough to justify the bowl of ice cream afterwards, right? Like, you're not trying to go to the Olympics or anything. You're just trying to be good enough. And I, I get it. You've, it's easy to slip into maintenance mode with our spiritual life because it's hard. It's hard to keep pressing into seeking Jesus, knowing Jesus, living like Jesus, loving Jesus. Like it is hard. It's hard to engage in spiritual practices, some of which are uncomfortable and new and awkward, even though you know that if you were to just lean in, you could actually discover the presence of the loving God. It's hard to keep pressing into learning more and more about what the scripture teaches and asking hard questions and saying, is this really what I've always thought? Is that really what the Bible says? That's hard. Um, it's hard to live a life of commitment to Jesus with every air of your life, including, and now you fill in the blank, including your money, including your relationships, including your online life, including your sexuality, including your career, whatever. It is hard to give everything over to Jesus. It is hard to love like Jesus, especially those who aren't loving us back. The Bible says you are never more like Jesus than in the moment that you're loving somebody who's definitively not loving you back. But that's not easy, that's hard. And it takes all of the rootedness in Jesus and it makes all of the growth of character and it makes all of the strength and fortitude in our soul in cooperation with the Holy Spirit to become those people who radiate Jesus to the world. And that's why I want us to pull out our calendars again. The calendar that you were, had before that you were making notes on before the calendar page, maybe you were just looking at it and reflecting on it or whatever it is. That image of, of your typical day, your typical to-do list, this snapshot of what your life looks like. And, and I'm going to give you a couple minutes. And, and here's what I want you to do as you're looking at this calendar. I want you to ask yourself four questions. First is, where in my day do I see opportunities to more intentionally lean into seeking the presence of a loving God? Or... What do I need to stop doing to create the space to do that? Number two, as you look at your calendar, where do I see opportunities for me to really 
you know, lean into learning the truth about Jesus Christ through the scriptures? Or are there things that I need to stop doing to make the space for that? I want you to look at your calendar and ask yourself the question, where do I see places where I could more intentionally, with the help of the Spirit, live more like Jesus in the way I go to work, in the way I go to school, in the way I interact with my kids. What are those ways that I could lean into in a typical day? And, and finally, um, in what ways, as I look at this day, is God calling me to love like Jesus? Who are the people that I come across? And what are the ways in which I could intentionally partner with God to love those people like Jesus would love them. And what do I need to stop doing in my calendar to create the space for more relationships, for more opportunities to love? Spend a couple minutes with this calendar now, asking yourself, what would this calendar look like? What would it look differently? How would it look the same if what this calendar described was a life of seeking Jesus knowing Jesus, living like Jesus, and loving like Jesus so that we could be rooted in Jesus and grow in Jesus and be strengthened in Jesus as we walk, we keep on walking this faith every single day. You spend some minutes now in quiet with God.